All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am more than excited to say to you, welcome to the very first episode of A Canty Conversation. I am your host, Declan Canty. Please tell me you read the bio so I don't have to repeat it to you. Okay? I am like a little bit like nervous. I got the shakes a little bit because I don't know what people are going to think, nor do I care. So how do I come I don't care if I don't know? I don't know. So this is off the cusp, but this this is this is something real. I'm keeping it real. Keep it 100. Keep if I keep it 100, I'm gonna keep it 1,000 with y'all. I am gonna start this episode with a quote, um, which is nothing can be changed when you face it. What did I say? I'm honestly, I'm not gonna edit it. So what I can say is not everything can be changed when you face it, but nothing can be changed unless you face it. And that's a quote by James Baldwin. Um, and I feel that is relevant to the topic that we're gonna talk about today, which is coming out, right? We always say, we always hide from it. There's something, a truth that we hide from and things and so forth and so on. And, Why I want to share that quote with you today is because something that can't be changed unless you face it is being yourself. Sometimes we have to come to terms with ourselves that that is who we truly are, and there's no denying it. With that being said, let's get into our, our topic, which is coming out, an LGBTQ topic. Um, and for me... I'm going to start with coming to realizing that I needed to come out. Does that make sense? I'm like, I need to come out. And this is the moment that, these are the moments that cause that realization for me. I'm the type of person who, you know, usually upfront, frank about everything. Uh, This was something that I couldn't be like so forward about. This was something that, you know, took a little time because I knew and at a young age who I was. I just didn't necessarily know how to explain who I was. You know what I mean? It was a situation where I knew what it was. I knew the feeling. I knew the attraction for other men. I knew that I liked the idea of being with another man. Well, at that age, I should say boy, right? So at that age, I was like... I know what it's like, and you know, you see the cute boys growing up. It's all my all my fellas who are out there and already living the life. You know what it is to see somebody attractive to you, may not be attractive to everyone, but attractive to you, and you're just like, ah, oh, what is this? What is happening to my body? What is happening to my spirit? What's happening to my soul, right? And for me, I grew up in the church. You know, so and this was something that I did on my own. I went and found religion on my own. It wasn't pushed upon me. It wasn't something that I grew up in. It was something like, oh, there's a church nearby. I'm gonna and I found religion on my own. There was nothing that my, you know, the the people, my parental units were pushing upon me. It was something that I went and found on my own. And that being said, I bring that up because. I was all about it, like, oh yeah, this, that, and the third, and so they said that. And I'm like, whoa, they're addressing me, you know what I mean? They're like, being gay is a sin, or whatever the case may be, and I'm like, oh. And that almost instantaneously felt this feeling in my body, like, 
something isn't right. You know what I mean? Something doesn't feel right about them, about them saying these things about my people. And I just thought, hmm. But I stuck with it. I stuck with it. I stuck with it so much that I became a Bible, uh, Bible school teacher, right? And I was just like, huh. So now I'm going to do Bible school teaching, even though this part doesn't quite fit me. And then that's when I was at that age. This is 13, 14. At that age, I was like, I'm just going to take what they said into my own interpretation. And even at that age, you may or may not believe me. I thought, hey, they don't know what it feels like. They don't know. So I just thought, I'm going to, you know, let that fall by the wayside and just be myself still. I was so flamboyant. I was still effeminate. And so, I don't know, the the church elders and church people had to know that, you know, I I had a thing for the other boys. You know, because even at my church, my church, uh, New Spirit Presbyterian Church, was a church outside of Pennsylvania. as. you know, they had Boy Scouts and things like that. And I know that my troop leader saw me looking and things like that at the other boys. And, and I feel like that's the reason he came up to ask me if I wanted to be a Boy Scout, which I did join, but that's not what we're going to talk about. I'm going to try and stay on subject here. Y'all know I like to ramble, but that's just who I am. Um, so the feeling of knowing who I was and not being sure if the people around me felt that same feeling or understood the feeling that I was feeling was something that caused angst for me. It was just like these urges that I had for other men and I just could not resist. Let me tell you, love, I just couldn't resist. I would just look and like my little wiener down there would be just hard as a rock. I would just watch booty shaking everywhere. And I was just see like it was just uh I don't know if you know that feeling of uh but it was one of those uh feelings. You know what I mean? And it was just like this is definitely who I am, and if it's not who I am, it is definitely something that I'm into. Because there ain't no way that there is a God if he don't know that I am this way. And that's just how I felt in the moment. You know what I mean? But my fear was that they were so, the people around me were so religious and definitely growing up, let me tell you, I grew up in an urban community and it is in statistics show that, you know, in an urban community it is definitely 100% harder than any other community to be yourself. So like black, African-American, just, just have some melanin in your skin and be in that community, Hispanic even, Latina. You know what I mean? It, it, they, they harp on you know, those of us who are flamboyant, who are effeminate, who do have, then they call you girly girls or this, that, and the third. And they just have just so many things to say about men who just are not all about women. And I'm gonna sum it up like that. They just have so many things to say who are about men who are just not all about women. And if they are, aren't all about women, they have so many things to say about men who are in the closet. And I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, and one of the reasons I couldn't do it is because, let me tell you, I went to high school with one of the sexiest people that I knew at the time. I'm not going to name any names. But I was like, I'm getting on this cheese bus. You know the cheese bus. They used to call it the, 
LD bus, a retarded bus that's not BC, but that's what they used to call it. And I used to get on that bus, and on that bus, one of the reasons I kept getting on it was this boy. Let me tell you about this boy. It's to get on, pump lips, you know what I mean? Just Coke bottle frame, just like chiseled chest, and just like a round thing behind him that I could not resist looking at every single time he got on my cheese bus. Remember they used to call it the cheese bus? I don't know how old y'all are, but that's how old I am. And I ain't gonna say no age, but just looking at that thing, walk back and forth. It had to walk past me down the aisle to take his seat. And I just could not help but look. And at the time I was on the on the bus, I used to be seated, they had seating charts, and I used to be seated next to one of my my close buddies, my, one of my pals. And he, I know he saw me looking. He was kind enough not to mention it, but I just would, would look as it came out the house, as it walked down the steps, as it got on the bus, honey, let me tell you. And I would just look at it. And I, and, and just, truth be told, I just I would just be on one. Like my 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 the my other head was speaking for me, and I just looked. If I was thinking with the head on my shoulders, I'd probably looked away. But I was thinking with the head in my pants, and I was just like, mm, 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 mm. and I just had to look at it. So I was kept looking at it, and so. My fear was that the person next to me, my buddy old pal, I'm not going to name his name either, was going to judge me for it. And sometimes I thought he knew, but just didn't want to say it. You know what I mean? You know how they get. Or the same way you would get. It was like, you got love for me. Like, that was one of my besties. You got love for me. So I don't know. I felt I felt like what I felt from him was, I don't know if you're ready for me to know, for me to let you know that I know. You know what I mean? That's what that's what I felt for me. My thing was, I don't wanna, I don't wanna like call you out on your gayness, but nigga, you hella gay. You know what I mean? And that's just like I said, going in the open community. And if it was me, it'd have been like, dude, you super gay. <laughs> but but you know, that's something that he would have said. He would have been like, nigga, you gay as fuck. You know what I mean? That's something that would have came out of his mouth. But out of his stuff for me, I felt like he resisted the need to say that. And I respect that because that's my, my, my homeboy. So that was one of my fears of like being who I was and coming to terms with who I was. And and that and my fe- my fear also was that I would lose him as a friend because he was all about women, like that's all he used to talk. That's actually how we became friends. Was he asked me advice on? He, first, he asked me to be a wingman. He asked me advice on how to how to bag another girl. I don't know what the the people are saying these days, but like you know, he, he asked me how to giddy, and I was like, okay. I was like, and you know, I mean. That's was something that solidified our friendship was me hooking him up with his girlfriend. I shouldn't say that's how we became friends. I should say that's something that solidified our friendship was me helping him score with his girlfriend. And he tried to do the same for me, but I know that he's he noticed the fact that I was not looking at the girls that he tried to put me down, put me D with. You know what I mean? That's not that's not something that I was like about. I would do it for him. And I just, that's just what it was. And I feel like he knew that. Like right now, if I could call him on the phone, I'd be like, you knew. And he'd probably be like, yeah, dude, I knew. 
and, <laughs> and I'd be like, I know. But, you know, that's just something. But the strength came from the same boy that I watched walk and get on the bus. And he was openly gay. I, I, need a, I should mention that. He was openly gay. He would wear the sweetest smelling perfumes. He would just have the tightest jeans on to accentuate that gluteus maximus. And it was just like, I was just like, just things were happening that I just did not understand. And I was just like, mm, I don't know what to do. And then one day, as I sat next to that best friend I was talking about, he started an argument with him. He started an argument and it put me in the middle of this person who I wish I was brave enough to be and my best friend who was just my best friend. So it was like, you know, you got that ride of Diamond Jolly. That's my nigga. Like, that's my dude. That's my guy. And I was just like, and he put me in between how much respect I had for this individual that was able to be brave enough to be themselves and my best friend who was accepting me for who I was without mentioning it and that's just like if I ever been in a tough spot that's a tough spot and that was the spot that I was put in and so he ended up calling like the homosexual I was like gay or gay the gay the gay guy that I used to have was so fond of ended up calling my best friend a faggot at the moment my best friend I felt like he was talking to me I don't know but at the time he had called my best friend a faggot and I just felt like I knew how offended my friend would be because of it so I immediately like jumped to his defense like to the point where I didn't even I got so rowdy y'all and not Rhonda rowdy I got rowdy 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 piper rowdy and I just was like, uh-uh, don't be coming at him like that, this, that, and the third, da 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 And I went off. I went off. I went off. I just I just did not respect. I just wasn't for it. I wasn't for it. Don't try and come at him like that. And now looking back, being an adult that I am, I felt that way because I felt like that because he called him that because he knew that I was. So that's why I was so offended by it. Like, uh, if you're going to call somebody a faggot, at least call me the faggot. Don't call my bestie the faggot when I am. And you know what I mean? So that's just how I felt at the moment. Like, don't come at him like that when it's when it's me that, you know, is, is the one that's gay, <laughs> I guess. But so, and I felt like it I was my responsibility to defend him because it was just... I felt like he only said that because he was associated with me at the time. And we used to like sit side by side on the bus. Like there were so many seats on the bus and we sat right next to each other. That's just what we did. We used to sit there. We used to play cards. Pity pack, if you can remember. Pity pack, if you can remember, we used to play. Um, and it was just like we used to play cards, roll dice, shoot dice. I mean, we grew up, we, we grew up in the hood. Like, I don't know. I don't need to sugarcoat it. Like we grew up reporting live from the gutter so we you know we just bought our hustle so you playing pity pack we playing craps we playing do we doing all of that and that's just what it was for us and i just felt and i and i loved him 
I didn't love him like a boyfriend. I didn't love him like a gay thing. I loved him like a best friend. And that is just what I thought would be tarnished if I ever came out was the fact that I love you. I'm not attracted to you. I just love you like a brother, like a friend. And that was one of the that was one of the reasons that slowed the pace. Because honestly, the first day that I seen the individual that called him a faggot, I was about to be like, uh-huh, I'm about to get at that, which is what we used to say to, to women when we seen them so i was just like i'm about to get it meanwhile we 14 15 years old that was just i'm about to get at her and that was something that i would would have said you know what i mean because that's what we did when we seen girls we were like all right get at her we make bets i bet you can't get her number i bet you can't. and that's the stuff that we used to do and that's just something that i would have did if i didn't you know take into account my best friend's feelings and that's something that I did in that moment. And I was more hurt than my best friend was. And he actually tried to calm me down. But I'm like, no, don't don't be disrespectful like that. Because I felt like he knew I was. So he came at my bestie, my buddy. And I just wasn't for it. So I just turned up. I turned up so much so that we ended up getting like he called me a faggot too after, after we got into words, mixed words. He called me a faggot too. And we got off the bus. And we got into it. We just start, you know, we just start tussling, point blank, period. It got tough. And we just started tussling. And, you know, we had it out in the school. We both got the suspension. And that was that. Um, and that was because it came at my friend like that. Otherwise, I'm not a violent person. And I just honestly, I thought that please excuse that sound you know this is off the cusp kind of thing so this ain't no professionally recorded thing this is me straight from my phone straight off the cusp straight from the thoughts of my mind and right now i'm getting a text i should have put my phone on airplane mode but i didn't but i'm gonna continue so bear with me and i'll be with you um so that's how i did that and we just we just you know we got into it and afterwards i kind of knew after after i fought this individual I knew that my friend knew, you know what I mean? But I wasn't going to mention it because he wasn't going to mention it. But he all knew, he, and I knew it because he knew why I was so upset. You know what I mean? Yeah, he knew it was because I liked him. You know what I mean? He knew it was because I didn't want people to think he was gay because I was. Because as they say, being a ba- hanging with a basketball player don't make you a basketball player, right? So I thought just, I didn't want my friend to think being with somebody gay made them gay too. And that is something that deters a lot of people like me from coming out this i know from my own experience is that i don't want my friends to be hurt by the the realization uh of the fact that we are who we are you know what i mean i don't want my friends to be hurt and i know they'll accept me you know what i mean i know that but i had to fight them because that's what i thought was right in the moment at, at as an adolescent as a as a grown man looking back no i probably wouldn't have did that i probably would have been more adult about it but i wasn't an adult at the time so anyway um so that was that friend and and after we had the fisticuffs i didn't even come out to him we i just you know we let it ride you know we they, the 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 school staff broke it up and we went our separate ways and we got on the bus together i still look at that butt but we wouldn't say nothing to one another um so what i did in the neighborhood friends that i met so like right next door to me lived 
um, three cute ass boys. You know what I'm saying? Right next door. And so we had met when I first moved onto the block or onto the street that I was on. Um, they were so welcoming to me. Um, and I was just like, okay, cool. And this was right when I was coming to terms with myself. You know what I mean? Like I had had experiences with men before then, but this is, you know, all on, all on the low key, all on the DL or whatever the case may be, discreet or whatever. But I had had experiences, and so I had learned to tame those feelings and tame those, you know, when it, what, what people like to call now, letting it slip, you know, hashtag let that slip, you know what I mean? Like, with a song come on or a car driving past, banging some Beyonce, you know, sometimes it came out of me, and sometimes I just wanted to be like, you know what I mean? And so... I had to resist that urge, you know what I'm saying? So I did that and they were just so welcoming and we became very close friends. Um, Fast forwarding, once we were really close to one another, I had a doctor's appointment with um, the boy, the boys and that's what they the neighborhood called them the boys because they were living um with a foster mother and you know they they just they just were known around the neighborhood so they called them the boys and i wasn't called anything i was just you know just welcome to be a part of them and i was ever so thankful for that because i didn't have any friends whilst living in the house that i was in so um they welcomed me and we got to know each other a little bit actually one of the boys got me my first job at a water ice stand um selling water ice and scooping water ice and that was awesome of him um because he knew that i needed it i didn't come from money you know what i mean i was just like making like what 20 bucks on allowance you know what i mean so i was just like i gotta hustle for my money so i started and he was like he, he probably thought to himself like man you need a job and i was like you know i was all about it so so i went and got a job and i was just you know and he he helped me with that and i'll be forever thankful and grateful for that and he you know was the one that i got closer to um and there was another one there i'm trying to like i'm just keep saying another ones and so but it's just to protect their identity um but yeah i you know we linked up and it got great and those were the the people those were like my friends my buddy old pals that i got close to we used to play cops and robbers and that, and all that good stuff and it was it was good they were good to me so they made me comfortable enough to to carry me to this next part of the story which is when we all had gotten scheduled for the same doctor's appointment um and the strength came from the strength to tell them kind of uh, the strength came kind of from like the fact that they were all cute um but also that they were so welcoming and accepting of everything that i did because i'm a weirdo like you know what i mean from wwe to nascar to like 
listening to pop music in an urban neighborhood where all they listen to was hip hop. I'm singing Pink. I'm singing Kelly Clarkson. I'm singing Beyonce. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just doing all of that. And so like this just how accepting they were, which made me comfortable enough to accept who I was and what I had to say to them on a day that we had a, a, a doctor's appointment scheduled at the same time. And so since the doctor's appointment was scheduled at the same time, we went there and I thought, I don't know. And there was a friend down the street, too, I should include as well. And we had in common playing games like I'm I'm all about Madden. I've always been a football kind of game kind of guy. Um, and it's just like I just had to tell them because one thing was I had to resist the urge of like just wanting to freak. I'm, I'm trying to edit here, like edit my language because, you know, I, I speak like off the guts. wanting to freak one of them. So it's just like I had to let them know just to resist the urge was one of the things this is where the strength came from and the other amount of strength that i had to tell them came from just like that i knew in my heart of hearts that they would be okay because we had so much in common anyway only thing was that when we walked down the aisle and meet at the altar you'll probably be marrying a woman and i'll be probably marrying a man you know what i mean and that was the only thing that we didn't have in common and so that's what made me comfortable enough to tell them that um, so we are walking uh, walking away from the doctor's appointment. Fast forwarding here. We're walking away from the doctor's appointment and we're walking down the street. And like the same one that I had that feeling for is just like, I'm getting, I was just like getting overwhelmed. Like if I don't say something, I'm going to make the wrong move and I may regret later. You know what I mean? I may ruin my friendship and I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to have to say like, in case he finds me looking at him weird or whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be, I want him to know is because I'm ex- I was extremely attracted to him at the moment and which also gave me the strength to, to say what I had to say. And, and what I had to say was, I'm gay. And when they, I said it to them both, and they were brothers i said it to them both and they looked at me and they cracked up i mean they literally died laughing i thought for a moment there it was because they thought i was joking but come to find out it is because they knew <laughs> so so that was that it was because they knew and i'm just like they're like no you're not i'm like yes i am I swear to God I am. And they just like, kept denying and rejecting my coming out. I'm like, bitch, I'm telling you, I'm gay. And, and they just like, they start cracking up. I'm like, what the fuck is funny? You know what I mean? It wasn't nothing funny to me. I'm like, I'm pouring out my heart about just saying it, simply saying it. And they just laughing. And it was like, and so then the one that I had a crush on at the moment was just like, I th- they all thought that it was because I was raised around a bunch of women. That's why I was effeminate. And I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, you had to know who I was. So I just let him take that cop out and just be that. And so that's who I told. And it was funny to them, like, just, they just, and then for the rest of the for the rest of the walk it just like flipped switch conversation like i didn't just tell them like my whole life story like what i thought would be the end of the world to them just was like brushed off like it wasn't nothing like it ain't nothing like they just was like oh okay after i after we went through them just being like you know what i mean so that was the experience i had with them and i was just like huh 
Okay, so we're not going to touch on the fact that I'm homosexual again. So let's just finish walking home. And honestly, after I did it, I sort of thought that they wouldn't hang with me again. But that wasn't the case. Especially since even though I was the only other gay in the neighborhood, like that wasn't the case. They just, we, we linked up again. And that was me coming out to my, my closest friends at the time. They just, just act like I never said it. You know what I mean? And that was that. <laughs> and I was like, all right, then, you know what I mean? And so since I said it to them, it was to them. And I told you there was another friend who lived adjacent uh, to us. Um, and I actually had a close, I had a huge crush on his sister. Like, I don't, I was like bisexual. I was like, so I had a crush on his sister. And I was like, I feel like I got to tell her. So I felt like she was feeling me too. This is the conversation I'm going to delve into because it's still a touchy subject for both of us. Please admit it if you're hearing this. <laughs> um, because of just our history and our past. And we have a lot in common, just like life and, and things that we've been through. And I didn't want to hurt her by saying that. But I felt like, you know what, I, if I'm going to be, that means she also all, always knew. I felt like this is why we always bonded the way we did. Um, but it still gets up for a JJ. You know what I mean? Just saying. <laughs> um, and I felt like I have to tell her before they do because we were mutual friends. So I felt like I have to tell her before they do. And we were getting in her car. She was a little tad bit older than I was. And I was like, I was like, I could dance around this. I'm thinking to myself at the moment. I could dance around this. I could sugarcoat it. But you know what I said? I was just like, I'm bi. She was like, I know. <laughs> and I was like, besties forever. Just like at that moment, I didn't have to go into any more detail. I didn't have to do anything else. It was just like, that was that. And I was like, cool <laughs> so um that was that was me coming out to the friends um but before that i must confess that i came out to an elder of mine that i knew um and what she said like when i met with her it, one thing was like i didn't know what to say uh i honestly just like because she was so close a family I didn't know what to say because I knew that whatever I said to her would have the potential of getting back to almost the whole neighborhood, but not the whole neighborhood, but the whole family. You know what I mean? So that was the risk that I was taking saying anything to her. And I just thought, you know what? I I, I didn't know what to say. So um, forwarding again, uh, I sat down, I went in the room, I said, we got to talk. You know what I mean? And at this moment, I'm 14 years old. I'm like, we got to talk. She's like, about what? She's thinking I'm about to tell her I got suspended or something because I was a bit of a, a nuisance in school. So I'm pretty sure she was preparing her. Her mindset was prepared for me to tell her that I was suspended or something. But that is not what I was about to say. <laughs> and from the beginning of this conversation, you know that she didn't. And so she made this face like, but I knew it was his face because I was like, you know, like I said, I, I I got into a little bit of trouble every now and then. So she made this face like, oh, my gosh, what is this child going to tell me? You know what I mean? Rather she had to come up to school for in-school suspension or, or whatever the case may be and so forth and so on. I'm pretty sure we've never verified it, but I'm pretty sure that was on her mind. But little did she know I was about to, like, 
poured out. So I was just, so I got into the room. I walked in there. I said, I got to talk to you. This is my, one of my parental guardians at the moment. I said, I got to talk to you. She said, okay. I said, but I can't say it. And then she thought to crack a smile and then laugh. I'm like, no, I'm serious. I was like, I can't say it. She's like, all right, well, then write it. I'm like, all right, well, I'll write it. And my fear was she wasn't going to be able to accept it. My fear was at that moment was she would probably, she didn't have to keep me there. So I could be risking the place that I live, by risking my housing, risking my the roof over my head by telling her this. But I just simply wanted her to know. Um, before it came from the parents, like I thought, I thought the boys, as we call them, mother would tell her because I told them in case they told her and told him, I mean, and told uh, my elder at the moment, I was just like, let me tell her first. I'm going to break the news myself. So I just, I kind of rushed the moment. So I really didn't know what to say. So that's what I said. I can't say it. I can't say it. So she handed me a piece of paper and a pen and she said, well, write it. And she said, and I, and then I said, I should say, I, I don't know what to say. She said, well, just say it, so forth and so on. And I was like, well, I think that I'm, no, I said, no, first I said, don't be mad at me. She said, I won't be mad. And then I, she handed a piece of paper back. Now, mind you, this is me writing on a piece of paper and handing it to her and her writing on a piece of paper and handing it back to me. And she said, and so that's when she said, don't uh, don't be mad at me. And when I wrote that to her, she wrote back, just say it. And I said, I think that I'm bi. I wrote that. So I wrote, I think that I'm bi. And her incredible penmanship, she wrote back to me, do you think or do you know? <laughs> Which is a loaded question when you're 14 and trying to trying to come out. So I wrote that I I know. And she and and was and I, my hands shaking as I handed it to her. She was just like, okay. And she read it. I thought there would be some kind of shock and awe. I thought that she would throw the pen, the paper down, and just rip me a new one. And she didn't. What she did was write back. And I and now my heart was pounding. Like I was felt like I was about to throw a fit. Like oh my gosh, you're just writing. You're just gonna keep writing after I write this to you. And that's what I felt. I like, you're just gonna get, you're gonna write it down. <laughs> after I just told you that, I, that I'm bisexual, you know what I mean? And so she kept writing and writing. And if what, what felt like forever, ever, you know what I mean? Just, just writing. And I was just like, what the? It, 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 you know, it just like, I'm just trying to compose myself at the moment. And it what looked, seemed like took forever was over in the moment. And she handed me the paper back and it said, I love you, not who you love think about it she said I love you not who you love and I just thought couldn't have had a better response (laughs) you know what I mean I just thought over the moon I didn't cry although the sissy in me wanted to (laughs) I didn't cry didn't shed a tear I just was like okay and she was able to handle it uh, my fear of telling her, like I said, is she would kick me out, that she would think, treat me differently. You know how you tell somebody something, like it don't have to be even coming to terms as a sexuality, it don't have to be coming out. Like, but you know how you tell somebody something, like I'm into rock music, and they all of a sudden start treating you differently. You know, that's what I thought would be the 
the conclusion of that. That's what I thought would be the outcome. Was like I would just be started treating differently. Like, you say you okay, but is she gonna treat me all stank and stuff? You know what I mean? That's what I thought that that might happen, and that's what I was like in fear of. But since she's so okay with it, I was like fine okay and i didn't harp on it any longer i was just like okay thank you gave her a hug and a kiss and walked out to the room before she started feeling some type of way about it and that, and that was what i did with that um so after that i had to tackle the part of telling my very how can i say this no nonsense father parent whatever the case may be charles I had to tell Charles this, as who I considered, you know, as a father figure. I had to tell him this um, because I knew, because that was his mom that I, I came to, the elder that I came out to was his mother. So I was like, I'm going to have to tell him because I felt like there was no way she's not going to tell him. And he was just someone who just was very like into the streets, into the streets of the neighborhood that I was in. And just like very hoodlum, very this, very that. Like, and a lot of people don't know as how proper I speak, that that's where I come from. I come from the ghetto and I come from the gutter. And I just like, so I only say that to say this to the people and that are listening that are from there, like me, from places like that, like me, how hard it is to tell somebody you know, who's running the game in your neighborhood, who you are, you know what I mean? Especially African-American people, you know, the statistics show why this might be a difficult uh, subject to touch on with an individual like Charles. Um, So I feel like once I was ready to say it, like I know, I know that as soon as I left the room, she called him and told him um, because when I got to his house, uh, he just had a different air about him. You know, it was a different aura. It was a different vibe in the room. And I was just like, okay. Um, so that's kind of what gave me the strength to address it with him. It's like, okay, we're not going to beat around the bush here. I'm like, if you're ready to handle it because she told you this, then I'm going to tell you this. Um, and that's what I was so gung-ho to say, but that's not what I said. <laughs> he just was like, you know, as soon as I walked in, he said, nephew, which is what he called me. He said, nephew, let's go for a drive. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I know what it's headed for. Like, ain't shit, ain't mysterious about this, what's about to happen. So as we get, as I get in the car, he's got like a smirk on his face, which is a pleasant surprise, to be honest. I was like, I didn't expect him to be smirking about him trying to like ask me the questions, which is what I felt in my soul and soul and heart of hearts is what he was going to do. He had an air of, of, of humor about it, which was a shock since, you know, he was who he was in the neighborhood. And I get in the car and we're driving around. And so he keeps every, every beautiful woman, every like voluptuous or vivacious woman that we pass he just asked me to look at her he goes look at her what you think of that oh look at that well what you think of like just that like that's what he was doing and i'm just like okay um yeah i like her you know doing that doing this in the third and i just this this goes on for a moment this just this scenario this scenario just goes on and on like we're driving all through 
the hood just looking at beautiful women watching butts watching titties ass and titties seeing that you know all of that and i was just like okay yeah so then all of a sudden we get to like this very like blacked out moment and it's just like he pulls over i'm like there's nobody around it's like dirt sand and he goes to me are you gay i'm like no <laughs> what the fuck talk about no no i'm not gay and he like i felt like he was about to pop on at me so i was just like no i'm not gay at all wherever did you get this idea <laughs> so that's what i did and then he was like okay he said you sure i said no 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 i was like so he pulled off so we pulled off i'm like this nigga about to kill me <laughs> so i'm like no i'm not and then uh, we pulled off and that was that um and so then his birthday was not too far from that moment and so i wrote this card and i was just like you know i said i just like waved i doubled down on taking it back you know what i mean i quickly recoiled uh, it, it was just like no you know people may say this people may say this because i knew that you know i had told some people it's like people may say this people say don't listen to that da, 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 and this that and the third and so forth and so on and i was like you know just just whatever they say i'm not gay <laughs> i can laugh now but it was not funny at the moment i almost had like a panic attack <laughs> but i'm like uh-uh, uh-uh. so <laughs> after that um fast forwarding a, a, a little while till i got to a boyfriend that i actually brought home to the family i had called um his wife in advance and it was like i'm coming home i'm bringing my boyfriend because i knew she knew at that moment because of the post like i said it without saying it like i was posting pictures on facebook and instagram and things like that so i said it about saying this so i'm like i'm bringing a boyfriend home da, 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 da. i knew he would act like he'd never seen those photos or whatever the case may be so we get there and i get there in the house and his wife is just you know welcome us with open arms and we're sitting there and we're talking about like you know anything we roll a blunt we smoke it up or whatever the case may be and we're just sitting there just like having a good time and then he walks in and he looks he takes one looks at me and my significant other at the time and he goes oh hell no <laughs> his wife started to crack up i held my laugh and my significant other at the time just looked petrified <laughs> so he left out the room he said if they're gonna stay here then i'm leaving and it just turned into this whole big soap opera drama episode and it was just like uh-uh you know what i mean and that's what it that's what it was and he that's so much he started packing his things because his wife was willing to still let us stay there and he just packed all his things and he's throwing it in the car it's like it is you know what he was like he was like and you know after he threw his little temper tantrum she was like she compromised with him she's like okay if they sleep separately you know with just for the night you know because we didn't have anywhere to go he's like okay and so that was what happened and it was like okay and so that was that and the next day we automatically had to get out of the house because he just was not for it he just like something's what's understood doesn't need to be explained kind of vibe is what he had you know what i mean and that was that um and also what attributed to his reaction was the fact that like i said he was well known in the neighborhood um he had a lot to lose by 
associating with someone who was homosexual. Like I know a lot of his friends were homophobes at the time. A lot of my friends were homo- homophobic at the time. So I knew that that was a difficulty that we faced. And that's a difficulty that we, difficulty that we excuse me, that we still face in our community. So that's just something that I had to deal with. And um, eventually he came to terms. And we can talk about that on a later episode, provided that you watch another one after this, because it's just completely off the cuffs. That's just how all these episodes, that's going to be the end of all these episodes. And I'm just telling you that up front. Um, but thank you for listening in. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, that's just my honest truth. And I'm going to catch you next time here on A Canter Conversation. Mm.